said that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Chapter 3, amen. Let's go to the word. Let's begin in Deuteronomy chapter 31. And our focal scripture is verse 6 where it says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And if we're reading from NIV, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The word is never. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I want us to walk away with the slogan, go and the Lord be with you. Because the Bible gives us a promise. It's not just a statement that is half-hearted or light-hearted, but it is a promise from God. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Now in this scripture, um, Moses went out and he spoke the words to all of Israel. You know, I am now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. But the Lord God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sheon and all the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. And this precedes the scripture, our focus scripture, which says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of them or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. So let's take this particular verse, our focal scripture, and let's break it down and understand not only what, what God was saying through Moses to Joshua and the people of Israel, but what God is saying to us here today. It says, be strong and courageous. Now, in this scripture, this is a message from God through Moses to Joshua and the people of Israel as they crossed the Jordan. And as the Lord is, is saying that he is protecting the people and that he will destroy the nations and cause them to possess their land. But in this case and in this day and age, there are so many experiences that we as children of God go through where we're in a battle and we're trying to cross from one situation into another situation. Your Jordan may not be the same as my Jordan. Your battle may not be the same as your neighbor's battle. But just as God said through Moses to Joshua and the people, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. 
For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's look over in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're looking at the life of David and Goliath. And we're looking at how God used a young boy to take down a giant that was so brutal that even his brothers and all of the army were afraid of him. Remember, your Jordan may be different from your neighbor's Jordan. In other words, the travel and the path that you have to go in life might be different from your neighbor's. The battle you have to fight or cross might be different from your neighbors. But the scripture tells us, be courageous. Don't be afraid. The Lord is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So we're talking from be strong and courageous. If we look in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and for the sake of time, we're not going to read all the way 8 through 34, but... That's your homework today to read 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting at verse 8 through verse 34. We're just going to touch on a few key points here. In verse 8, it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. In other words, pick your best fighter. Am I not the one that's been whipping everybody? Am I not the strongest one? Pick your best fighter. In verse 9, it says, if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But I, if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. In other words, you're going to become our slaves. You belong to us, and you will serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. In other words, this bully is picking a fight. He's picking a fight with the armies of Israel. And now if we read further down, go further down. In verse 20, this is where it starts to get interesting. Remember, he's talking to the armies of Israel, and he's picking a fight. He's egging them on. You remember being a kid and two kids were fighting? And you got that one kid in the middle saying, baddest man hit my hand? Or you got that one kid that's egging on the fight? That bully that's challenging the smaller child to a fight. And the smaller child is terrified, afraid. Let's read verse 20. It says, early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. Now, Jesse had told David to go check on his brothers because his brothers were on the line in the army trying to fight the Philistines. And every time Goliath stood up, they ran. Read it on your own. That's your homework. They ran every time that Goliath stood up and challenged them because they were afraid of the bully. 
is like that kid that runs home after school because they are afraid of the bully. And so what Jesse said is, hey, go check on your brothers, your older brothers. Take them some food. See if they're okay. You know they're hiding. Just go see about them. And so early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd. He loaded up, and he set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. You see those two kids? And they line up, they square up, and they're getting ready to fight. And you got that one kid whose leg is shaking, and you got that other kid who's pumping his chest. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. That means the battle is about to go on. That means all the kids are standing around. They're like, ooh, we're going to get beat up today. David left his things with the keeper of supplies. Now watch David. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers, how are you? Y'all scared? Hey, big brother, you scared? Y'all scared? As he was talking with them, Goliath the Philistine champion from Gath stepped out from his lines. He stepped up and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. So David is standing there. He, st- he walked up to the battle lines. He said, hey, big brothers, y'all all right? Then Goliath stepped up, and he challenged them again like he had been challenging them this whole time. And they all ran, and David's standing there like, uh, okay, Why y'all? where y'all going? Verse 25, it says, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. In other words, not only am I going to let you marry my prized possession, one of my daughters, But I'm going to exempt not just you, but your whole family from paying taxes. If he's that bad, Goliath is that bad, that anybody that kills him, you don't even have to pay taxes anymore. And all those men in the army, all of David's brothers, older brothers, even with that prize possession, even with that wealth promised to them, even with the bounty that was on Goliath's head, they were scared. Now, these were people that fought in armies. They had killed people already. They had defeated people already. But Goliath was that one person that they were scared of, that one bully. You remember that one bully? That one kid in school? The Bible says they were terrified and they ran 
go on down to verse 32. Remember, the Bible tells us in verse 25 that David heard him. Something happens inside of a person when they hear the rhetoric that their enemy has been saying to their family. See, David was young. He was not in the army to fight. He did not have to fight at that moment. But when David was standing there and he saw that his family, his brothers, and everybody else was so afraid that they took off running, and he heard what came out of the mouth of Goliath, something on the inside of him switched. Something on the inside of him was ignited. Something on the inside of him was sparked, triggered. It was a trigger that went off in David that said, okay, this bully's been stepping up for quite some time. And he's been threatening my family. He's been threatening my people, my household, my kinfolk. And I've had enough. I've had enough. So in verse 26, he asked the men standing there, he said, what's going to happen to the person that killed him? And removes this disgrace from Israel. And then David went on to call him an uncircumcised Philistine. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? In other words, David was so enraged by that. He was like, who is this? I mean, the gall of him. And all y'all running, who is this creature that is set before us? And what do I get when I kill him? That's what David wanted to know. And one of David's brothers, one of his oldest brothers, heard him speaking to the man and got angry. Called him conceited and wicked in heart. And David was basically saying, shut up. I'm talking to somebody. Okay? In verse 29, he says, now what have I done? I mean, what is the problem now? Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul went, sent for him. In other words, David is standing there like, okay, why y'all running from this clown? Who, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'm, I'm about to tie to him, okay? I got stuff to do. I got sheep to tend to. I don't have time for this. Y'all have been up here all this time. Let's, what's going to happen when I kill him? And an older brother comes stepping in because he's scared with his scared self. Would you go sit down somewhere? Pretty much. That's in essence, in today's words, what the older brother said to David. David, turn around. That's not what the scriptures say. But, you know, in today's words, David turned around and said, shut up. He said, now what have I done? Can't I even speak? I'm having a conversation here. And so he turned and asked. He continued his conversation. And so somebody 
when it told Saul. Saul, you know, this little kid out here talking about killing Goliath. He the only one brave enough to even attempt to. Everybody's in the army that's killed 100 other people. They scared. You want to talk to this little child? So Saul said, yeah, sure, send him here. Nobody else is bold enough to step up to the plate. What could it hurt? So in verse 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Look at this. This little boy that's been out there tending the sheep. Pay close attention. He's been out there tending sheep. His brothers have been in the army fighting people. You got to pay attention or you'll miss this. David, the young boy, has been tending sheep. Okay? And so David says to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. He didn't even call him by his name. He said this, this one, that one. Your servant will go and fight him. Don't worry about it. Y'all, y'all, army, go sit down. I got it. Saul replied in verse 33, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. In other words, Saul looked at David and said, you're a kid. You're not equipped to go up against Goliath. Anybody feel like you got some Goliath in your life and you're not equipped to go up against it by man's standards? They may be smarter than you, stronger than you. They may have been fighting whatever battle it is you're facing longer period of time. They may be meaner than you, more successful than you, wealthier than you. It might be a physical issue. It could be a financial issue, a relationship issue. Whatever battle that is, everybody's Jordan that they need to cross is different. But Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Now watch David. Watch David's response. David's talking to Saul. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. In other words, what is David saying? Oh, no, I've been in a fight before with a bully and defeated the bully. I've been in a fight before with an animal and defeated that animal and rescued the sheep. So David volunteered to fight. His brothers had experience in fighting people in war, but David had experience fighting lions and protecting sheep. David had experience fighting an unusual opponent. And see, that's what Goliath represents. Because if you look at it scripturally, Goliath represents an unusual opponent, even for David's brothers. 
though they were in the army and had fought battles before, Goliath was unusual in that he was different from the other opponents that they had fought. So even to them, he was an unusual opponent. But to David, David had experienced fighting unusual opponents. See, some of you are fighting unusual situations, situations that just don't make sense. Diagnosed with multiple diseases at the same time. That doesn't make sense. Accused of doing things you've never done multiple times. That just doesn't make sense. People that know better and should know better do worse. Doesn't make sense. Financial issues, relationship issues doesn't make sense sense misunderstood where you should be celebrated doesn't make sense it's an unusual opponent an unusual opponent but David was used to it because most people the average person doesn't go out and fight a lion you ever see a lion in a cage at the zoo how many people will actually jump into the cage and fight the lion to rescue not another person, but a sheep? There's not many people that would jump into a cage and fight a lion to rescue a sheep. David did that all day, every day. That was his job. He said, when a lion or a bear, not just a lion, a bear. Anybody want to fight a bear? My grandmother had an expression. If you ever see me and a bear in a fight, don't pray for me. Pray for the bear. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Now, read this clearly. It said from its mouth. Not He's not carrying it in his hands. It's in his mouth. That means David had to get up into that lion or that bear's face and take the sheep out of its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Now, some of y'all have missed that already. David is going on God's resume. God has already protected David from unusual opponents in the past. In fact, he does it every day. So God's resume tells David that I can defeat this opponent because of what has God has done in allowing me to defeat that opponent every single day in my life. And see, sometimes when we're looking at an unusual circumstances, we forget, we get afraid, we run because we say, well, this one is not like that one. This one appears to be great. This diagnosis is different 
from the last one. This problem is greater than the last one. And we forget the same God that healed you the first time is the same God that will heal you this time. So we forget. But David understood. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine, he didn't even call his name. Not calling him by a name. He's calling him a name, but not his name. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. See, although the opponent was different, the circumstances was not. It still was an unusual opponent, an unusual situation. But our God is the same. David's God is the same. His ability is the same. So that meant that David was still, David was still going to be victorious. And so he said in verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. See, that is the scripture that we need to get embedded in our spirit. The same God that delivered you from one thing will deliver you from another. Even though the circumstances might look unusual, it might not be a situation that you're used to facing. Because David had no experience fighting in an army prior to this. He had experience fighting lions and bears. But what you miss sometimes, your circumstances that you're currently in, is your preparation for where you're going. And so what David understood is that the same God that rescued me and took care of me when I was out there fighting those lions and those bears and snatched me from their paws and allowed me to prevail and to kill them and bring back the sheep to my father's fold, yeah, that same God is going to take this uncircumcised uncircumcised Philistine out. So we as believers have to come to the place where we understand the same God that healed us from one situation is the same God that's going to heal us from the next one. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So that's our new message. That's our message. In any situation that you're facing, Whatever Jordan you're trying to cross, whatever battle you're facing, whatever unusual opponent you are facing, go and the Lord be with you. Now watch this. Some of y'all shut out already. You think that that's the end of the message. If you don't catch this next part, you might as well have been asleep through the whole sermon. Pay close attention. Verse 38. It says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. Some of y'all totally missed that. I'm going to read it again and see if you catch it. Let's see who catches this. You got to catch it in the spirit realm. Okay? Let's see if you catch it. 
Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. Let me help you out. Let me give you a clue. After Saul heard what David said and the basis upon which he relied on for victory, which is God's resume and the things that God has done for him already, Saul was convinced. He said, okay, go, and the Lord be with you. Verse 38. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. In other words, he gave him an army uniform. This is what everybody else was wearing. They were wearing their army uniform. They was running around from Goliath in their own army uniform. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. Remember, David is used to fighting lions and bears. You don't wear all that uniform to fight no lion and no bear. See, the battle that you're in dictates your war clothes. It dictates your weapons. It dictates how you dress, how you act. Anybody else ghetto and remember running, you know, little races as a kid down the street, barefoot? I remember growing up in the ghetto with my friends. I'd go outside and we'd run. We'd race because back then there wasn't much to do outside because it was in the middle of the hood. So it wasn't much positive stuff to do. You know, it was plenty of bad stuff to get involved with, drugs and all the other stuff. But, you know, you didn't have much to do when you were outside except get into fights or take your shoes off and race each other back and forth down the street. So we used to run up and down the back and forth barefoot. That's the way we did it. Then when I got in school and got on the track team, they were saying, wear these shoes. This is what you run with when you go to the track meet. I'm like, I can't wear those shoes. I've been a slip and fell in those shoes. They got little spikes on the end. What is that about? I don't know that. Let me take my shoes off and just run. It's not the ghetto. You got to do it a different way. So basically what Saul was saying is, no, no, no. You're in the army now, okay? You want us now. We're going to give you this uniform to put on. David's like, I can't do that. That's not what I'm used to. I'm used to fighting lions and bears. Okay, let me take my shirt off. Okay, let me take my shoes off. Don't give me no shoes to wear. I fight lions and bears. And so verse 39, part B, it says, I cannot go in these. You're going to miss it if you're not paying attention. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. I can't fight this battle your way. I've got to fight this battle the way that I know works based on God's resume and what he's done in me. That includes the uniform that I wear. He said, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. Remember, He's a shepherd. He's not a member of the army. He's a shepherd. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. He said, you know what? I got what I need. This is what I take with me when I fight the lions and the bear. That's what I need. I don't need your army uniform. Because, see, although 
My opponent is different. My God is the same. That means my fight strategy is the same. Every time God causes me to triumph, I fight this way. So I fight this way every battle. See, the battle that I'm facing doesn't change how I fight. Some people miss that. The battle that I'm facing doesn't change my fight strategy. My strategy, my techniques, the way that I fight are based on the way that God has called me to prosper, that he has delivered me. I fight with the tools that he has given me. I can't pick up other tools. See, some people fight battles through vindictiveness, backbiting, trying to hurt people, gossiping, lying. So in discord, I can't fight battles like that. I got to fight mine on my knees. That's the way God calls me to prosper. So whatever the battle is, the unusual opponent, the strange situation that you're facing, that bully, I've got to fight that same bully the same way. I got to fight back that different situation the same way. So meanwhile, verse 41, meanwhile, the Philistine, Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. Now, here comes the, here comes the Philistine, because we're not calling him by his name anymore. He's a Philistine. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. He sees David teenager and he starts talking trash just like two kids outside in the ghetto about to fight two two kids in school about to fight after school he said to David I'm a dog am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and the Philistine cursed David by his gods come here he said and I'll give you give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals David looked up at him. He said, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give, you, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine." army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spirit that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Now look at David. Bully comes towards him talking trash David responds. You notice David's had more to say than the Philistine. Because see, that, that, that Philistine, he didn't have much to say. He just kept threatening. That's what he did every day. And the armies ran. So I believe that Philistine really thought, David says, you coming throughout that threat, that he thought that David was going to run. Not so. David says, you coming at me one way. But I'm coming to you. I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of 
uh, uh, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And see, that's the way we have to come at those unusual opponents that we face, those circumstances that seem in the natural to be bigger than us, but they're not bigger than our God. We have to say, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here, that means the people that's watching, that's scared, them, they will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into my hands. See, when you knock down that unusual opponent, you knock down everything that comes with that unusual opponent. That's why David said, he will give all of you into our hands. See, when you speak to that unusual opponent, to that thing, that situation, that battle, you don't have to have a conversation with everybody that comes with it. You just speak to that one thing. And when God delivers you, he delivers you of all of it. He cancels the whole thing. That's how God moves. And we know in verse 48... What ended up happening? We know that David struck the Philistine. That it knocked him down. And then David went and he cut off. After he was dead, he cut off his head. Verse 50 and verse 51. And we know in, um, when the Philistines saw it, they turned around and they ran. It's like that kid that's a bully is trying to get their friends to jump that one child. That one child reaches up, punches the bully in the, bully in the nose, and all the bully's friends run. It's pretty much what happened. Pretty much. And so verse 50, it says, So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. And the only way that David prevailed is by first acknowledging who caused him to prevail. Remembering God's resume and everything God has done for him. Trusting and relying on him. And then using the weapons that God gave to him to use. So many times people are facing battles and we try to switch up our weapons because we think, well, this is an unusual opponent, so I've got to do things the way that man tells me to do it. No, you got to do things the way that God has directed you and led you to do it all this time. That verse says, do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. Now, when Moses was speaking to Joshua and the people of Israel, he was telling them the promise that God gave that they would be able to cross over into the Jordan, cross the Jordan into the land, and that God would allow them to possess the land. 
Don't be afraid because the Lord, your God, goes with you. One of the things here in 1 Samuel that David understood from previous experience is that God was with him. Remember, he told Saul, God is the one that rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. So we've got to tell ourselves, remember what God has done? We've got to run God's resume down when we face unusual situations, when new problems happen. We've got to run down in our mind. We've got to play the tape. We've got to play the tape. What has God done before? Remember when he delivered you when you were six years old and you were walking home alone? Remember when he healed you? Remember when he called you to prosper? Remember he, when he protected you from your enemies and caused them to stumble and fall in their own trap? You've got to play the tape. Because if David didn't play the tape, he would have lost the battle. Because mentally, he would have thought the wrong things. He would have thought, I've got to do it the way they tell me to, instead of the way that God has taught me to do it all this time. So don't be afraid of the uncircumcised Philistines in your life. Don't be afraid of the attacks against you. Don't be afraid of your bully, whoever that bully is or whatever that bully is in your life. Use your weapons, not your enemy's weapons. Because if you look at it, Goliath had the same weapons. The Philistines had the same weapons as the people of Israel. They both had the same weapons. They both had the same shields. They both had the same armor. But David was the only one that was different. He was relying on the weapons that God gave him. And then finally it says, he will never leave you nor forsake you. The key word here is never he will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember, your homework is to read 1 Samuel chapter 17. Well, it's also to read 1 Samuel chapter 18. But for time's sake, we're going to focus on verses 10 through 12. Now, remember, David came upon Saul. David came upon Saul as a young boy, and he defeated Goliath. Now we're in 1 Samuel chapter 18. This is after David has killed Goliath. Saul did not let David go back home. He did not allow him to go back to his family. He basically kept him in his army, suited him up. And in verse 10, it says, The next day an evil spirit from God came forcibly on Saul. Because, see, people were beginning to praise David. They were shouting in the streets, oh, David has killed 10,000. Saul has killed thousands. So Saul was beginning to feel jealous. And Saul wanted David to take his daughter as his wife. When you go in and you read the scripture and do your homework, you'll see that. But David, but Saul was so jealous, he was starting to be afraid that people were going to credit him more. And they were. They were crediting with killing 10,000 while he were crediting Saul with killing thousands. And so one day, verse 10, the next day an evil spirit from God 
came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre as he usually did. Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. In other words, Saul tried to kill David. And David escaped. Remember the same God saved the same boy from his opponents. One opponent was an external person, had nothing to do with his life. He was a direct enemy, a direct enemy to his family, direct enemy to his people. And that was Goliath, the uncircumcised Philistine. The next opponent that he had was Saul. Saul eventually was his father-in-law, but guess what? He was his opponent. Why? Because he was jealous of the notoriety that David was getting. And the same God protected David. Remember, we have three different battles that we see David is facing. He faced battles as a shepherd, protecting sheep. He fought against lions and bears, and God calls him to prosper. He faced Goliath. God calls him to prosper. And look at what happened with Saul. Again, God calls him to prosper. Verse 12, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but he had departed from Saul. So he sent David away with from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their campaigns. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. And as you do your personal study, you'll see going down in verse 17 where Saul tried to give his daughter to David. And eventually he became his son-in-law. He became his son-in-law. So many times you are facing battles from direct enemies and even your own family. Whether it's a direct enemy, someone in your family, whether it's an unusual opponent, someone that you don't expect to fight, whether you end up in a battle that you weren't expected to be in, because David was not expected to be in this battle. Remember, his dad just said, go check on your brothers, take them some food. See it, okay, you know they're scared. That's the only reason why David was there initially. So some of you are facing unusual battles. But remember, God said he will never leave you nor forsake you. That was the word of the Lord that came through Moses to Joshua and the children of Israel. The battle, it's the Lord's. It does not matter who the opponent or the enemy is, whether it's someone close to you, a family member, someone who should love you, someone you love, or a perfect stranger. Whether it's a minor issue, a big issue, whether it's a medical situation, a financial situation, relationship situation, whatever it is, doesn't matter the opponent or the enemy. Doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter who believes in you or not. Remember, Saul first didn't believe in David. 
Never fear because God is with you. So our central message today is go and the Lord be with you. Go and the Lord be with you. Go and the Lord be with you. Our message today is that God is with you. He will cause you to triumph and he will cause you to gain favor throughout the land. Everywhere David went, he prospered because the Lord was with him. So fight the battles that God has assigned for you to fight using the tools you were given and your current assignment. Because your current assignment is preparation for where God is taking you. It's preparation for your greater battle. 